Amen. I would invite you to go on YouTube and look for that song, Same Love, by Paul Bellucci, and watch the video of that song. And uh, if you're like me, you'll get addicted to it, and then you'll watch it about 20 times. As you see what they do with that song, I would really encourage you to do that. So today we begin um, this series and this emphasis on love like that. Um, It's based off of a number of scriptures that we're going to be processing through here in the services, but also Dr. Les Parrott's book, Love Like That. Um, I would really encourage you to get this book. Um, You could, um, if you are part of our email blast, you got an email blast this week. Um, There are journey groups happening, yes, Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, but we have other opportunities as well, and you can take note of those. There's a little card when you leave out here today that you can pick up that tells you what's going on with that. But then also, when you leave here today, you're going to get this. Every single person is going to get this piece of paper. And all this is, is recounting scriptures and quotes from the, from the messages so that you can take this with you and let your mind and your heart dwell and reflect on the truths that we're going to be talking about today. It's December 31st. 2019. You're watching the clock wind down to the end of the year. I don't know how you do that. In my house, it's almost sacrilegious not to stay up and watch the ball drop. I find myself dropping way before the ball as I get older. So however you watch the year wind down. But here's a question. How will you measure whether or not 2019 was a year in which your life really mattered? Where your choices, the choices you made, counted for something bigger than yourself? Whether you grew as a person or if your relationships experienced the grace and the presence of God? Can I ask you, Are you hopeful that you will walk out of 2019 as a different person? And maybe even more critical is, are you planning on being a different person? You see, this series is going to ask the type of question we need to ask. In fact, we need to ask it now so that on December 31st, We can look back and we can know that our lives mattered. And this is the question. Will I love like that? Now now hear this closely. It's not should I, it's not can I, because we know we should and we know we really can. The question is, will I love like that? Will I love like Jesus? Will I love like that? This is a making my life matter kind of question because throughout Scripture, it's not the talk about love, but rather the actual practice of love, loving God and loving people that is a priority. And so over the next few weeks, we'll look at how Jesus practiced love. But before we get there, before we start looking into the Gospels and looking at these snapshots of Jesus' life and how he loved, we must first be seized by a thought which is found in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 6, one of those places that I've marked as a life verse, one of three life verses for me, and it is this. 
The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Translated, you can do many things right. We can have the best religious and spiritual practices. We can have the best devotions. We can pray the most in-depth prayers. We can preach sermons that enthrall the masses. We can have the most relevant music. We can have captivating programs. We can have the best marketing. We can sing like angels and we can preach like prophets. But if we do not get this, if we do not love like Jesus, then whatever we do with our lives, are you ready? Whatever we do with our lives won't matter much. Won't count. The only thing that counts, that's what Scripture says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Now the saying, uh, easier said than done, is perhaps no truer than when we try to love like Jesus. But what difference would it make if we took loving like Jesus beyond mere sentiment or wishful thinking or idealistic dreaming or just trying to do good works? I wonder, can you and I reimagine what loving like Jesus looks like in our very real lives? Now, all of this requires something. It requires an epiphany of sorts. And as you've heard, today is Epiphany Sunday. In the Christian calendar, today is the day we focus on the Magi returning and the Magi visiting the toddler Jesus. But the word epiphany means simply this, a moment of sudden revelation and insight. A moment of revelation and insight. And so as we begin 2019... What if I told you what the most important epiphany is for your life and mine? What if I told you that the most important epiphany, the most important revelation for us, is that your very life is intended to be an epiphany? You are intended to provide moments of revelation an insight into the truth that Jesus Christ has indeed come and that he wants the wide world to know his love. What if the whole plan of God is that you be the epiphany of the love of God? As we close out one series and we open a new one in this new year, we begin with words that call us to be an epiphany, a revelation insight into the love of Jesus. In the book of Ephesians, Paul has been talking a lot about theology and then he starts talking about practice. And he says this. Ephesians chapter 5, 1 and 2 in the Revised Standard Version says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering in sacrifice to God. Over the next six weeks, we're going to keep returning to that text. But let's look at it together in the message paraphrase. Why don't you stand with me this morning and let's read together. Next slide, please. Let's read together um, this verse of Scripture, these verses of Scripture 
in the message paraphrase. Here we go. Let's read it together. Watch what God does, and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. Say those last three words with me again. Love like that. Lord, we pray that these words would not just be words on a page, ink on paper. But God, may our hearts not only be captivated, but transformed, and may our lives be an epiphany of them. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So every time I read these words, these words have always set the bar high as it pertains to loving others. And that is because Jesus Christ is the bar which is set. And that seems unattainable, but that is where we start. But see, there's also good news here because not only is Jesus Christ the bar that is set, but Jesus Christ is also the power through which we can rise toward the bar. Now let me put it this way, and I just want you to kind of grab hold of this for now, and um, let's start working with this idea. He is the noun in our life that makes the verb through our lives possible. Now those of you who didn't do well in English and language arts in school, forgive me ahead of time, but I want you to try to understand what the Bible is saying here. Jesus is the noun in our life that makes the verb through our lives possible. We're going to come back to that, but for now, let's ask this. Can I really love like Jesus? Can I really love like that? Well, I think a first step to getting there is to eliminate some very erroneous thinking. And fundamentally, it's this. We need to eliminate the idea that this is about an arrival point. Somehow what we're talking about is getting to an arrival point where we go, look, look how great I am. Look, I've arrived. We need to embrace the idea that this is a journey. And I certainly hope that is true, and this is why. I hope I can continue to progress in loving like Jesus, don't you? I hope, I hope that my capacity to love like Jesus will grow. I hope that the places where I fall short, and, and I fall short probably more than anyone in this congregation, the places where I fall short can be changed. But this involves a very intentional, very, very intentional focus and commitment to one idea, and it's this. Yes, I can love like that. Yes, I can. See, Paul gives us a hint as to the pathway. He, he says we need to take a walk. In an international version, verse 2 says this, walk in the way of love. Hear that. Walk in the way of love. We just read from the message paraphrase, keep company with him and learn a life of love. We are to walk in love. We are to conduct our way, conduct our lives 
in the way of love. Now, now get this, not just any love. If there's been any word that's been perverted and been watered down in our world, it's the word love. So it's not just anything we think subjectively is love. It's a certain kind of love, and that is as Christ loved us. We walk with him, and the more we do, the more we walk like him. Every day, we keep company with him. We walk with him. We conduct our life with him. And the more we do that, the more we walk like him. And it is then that we will love like that. I think probably a a more appropriate translation of verse 1 would be this. We need to keep on becoming imitators of God. It's not where we suddenly say, look, I'm now this great person who imitates Jesus perfectly. It's a matter of us continuing, becoming, continuing to imitate him, continue imitating him wherever we are and wherever we find ourselves. You see, there is a certain way we are to walk. There's a certain way a Christian conducts their life. I think sometimes we've been so busy wanting to figure out how we as Christians can be accepted in the world around us that we fail to really remember one thing. Living the Christian life is distinct from living a non-Christian life. Living as a follower of Jesus is distinct from not following Jesus. The first followers of Jesus in the early church were not really called Christians. They were called Christians three or four times in the Bible, and they were first given that as a term of derision. In the early church, the people were called the people of the way. There was a distinction in their lives that was the marked characteristic. There was a way that they lived that was different than their neighbors and their other family members and and the people around them. It calls to us from scriptures, especially from the very words of Jesus. Jesus said this, everyone will know you as my followers if you demonstrate your love to others. That's it done you want to know who the christians are watch how they love but check this out if you want evidence for yourself that you are really following jesus look what the bible says john writes this in first john 3 we know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other anyone who does not love remains in death so if you want to know that if you if you want to know that you have passed from from death to life, you want to know that you've encountered the eternal life that Jesus Christ gives us, the eternal kind of life. Now, if you want to know that you have used the language you want to use, you you're a born again Christian, you're a follower of Jesus, you're a Christ follower. If you want to know, ask yourself, how am I doing at loving others? Because that is not only how the world sees who are the followers of Jesus, but that is also intended to be our own personal yardstick of my life. 
Not looking at how, hey, how's Mike doing? How's he loving people? No, 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 no. Drawing a circle around Jeff and saying, how are you doing at loving people? That is the indicator for me of my very life in God as well. Loving others. But, but here's the rub. This is the rub. How? I promise you, by the time I get from here to my office, someone will probably say to me, maybe I'll prevent you from saying that now that I'm going to address it this way. We'll say, well, that sounds really easy, but you don't work where I work. You don't have the family dynamics I have. You don't have, and that's all true, but let me just say this. You don't work where I work. You don't have the family dynamics I have either. And we all have those places where we go, this is like impossible and hard. However, how do we do it? It's there. It's in the text. It's in Scripture. Well, let's come back to that idea I floated earlier. Become the verb of the noun that lives in you. Become the verb of the noun that lives in you. The Christian life, fundamentally, is about Christ living in you and me. When we follow Jesus, it's not about just being religious people. It's about being relationship people. First, with a relationship with God, a very intimate, the most intimate relationship possible to mankind. And that is Christ in us, as the Bible says, the hope of glory. He is the power for all of this. His love is the noun within me. Now let's remember from basic high school English, a noun is a person, place, or thing. A noun is the subject of a verb, which is an action. So Jesus is the subject of the verb that's our lives. Right now, you're probably saying, what? Pastor Jeff, what are you talking about? Well, this is what Paul is saying in our words. God's love must become my love. I am to love with a love not generated from me, but expressed and practiced through me. And that is what imitate means here. It's not just rote actions or good deeds or patronizing words or good religious talk. It's not that. I must actually embrace the love God has for me. I must actually embrace the love God has for the world. I must actually embrace the actual love and presence of Jesus Christ. And I must engage the love God has put in me. I must embrace Him and His love, and I must engage in my life this love. So I must be the verb, the action, of the noun of God's love in me. My life becomes the verb that points to the subject of my life, Jesus Christ. So there's the rub. Is Jesus Christ the subject? of your life. Last week, Pastor Serena referred to this um, in a number of different ways. And if you haven't heard last week's sermon, you need to podcast that. It'll be very well, very well worth your time. But she referred to the metaphor of clothing. And um, she said this, and I was listening to this, and I just started chuckling at this point. She said, you know, when you get up, you take your pajamas off. 
first. Well, I, I chuckled because I go in the store and I see all kinds of people. They look like they're wearing their pajamas. What is the deal with that? Someone explained that to me when they walk in and they have like pajama pants on. I'm going, man, did you, what, did you just roll out of bed and come to the store today? I found out that that's not the case. It's like a fashion thing. So help me understand the pajama fashion, okay? But she said you take your pajamas off first thing and then deliberately put on your clothes for the day, right? These were her words. We are clothing ourselves, which is an active phrase. We must put on this new way of life. It is a decision we make each day. Before we get out of bed in the morning, this is the prayer, that God would clothe us in his peace and love as we go out wherever we find ourselves. It is an active decision. It's not something passive. You see, I think we have sold out to the idea that love is about emotion. And, and, and it's all about if it feels if it feels good for us, or it's what we want. Jesus, when you watch Jesus' love, on one level, you see Jesus very emotional in his love. Shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Why? Because he loved. He lost a friend, grieved. But on one end, you see Jesus receiving the least, the broken, and, and just loving them unconditionally. On the other end, you have him looking at the same people and saying, go and sin no more. He's still loving. I, I think we've sold out to the idea of love as emotion. Does love have emotional components to it? Yes, you'll see that when we, as we go on. It's true. But there's something more. It's this action. So Paul goes on in Colossians 3, which Pastor Serena referred to last week, and, and I'm just going to capture verse 14. He says, over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. There it is. Put it on, just like you're going to put on your shirt, just like you're going to put on your coat, just like you're going to put on your shoes. Put it on. It's an action. There we're back to it. Right? It's, it's the action. It's the verb of the subject that is Jesus. It is the action. It is something we actually have to practice, something we actually have to do. Put it on. Dress up in God's love. I think in many ways the first thing people judge you by is the first thing that they see, and often that is the clothes that you wear. So let love be so evident it becomes the first thing that they see in us. So clothe yourselves in love. Dr. Les Parrott describes a component of that this way, in his book, Love Like That, he says, to love like Jesus, we need to think and feel. We need reason and emotion. We need both our head and our heart working together. It's the only way to bring perfect love into our imperfect life. Here's the bottom line. You open up your heart and love changes your mind. And when you allow your mind to be changed, I, I promise you, you're not going to do one ounce, I'm not going to do one ounce of anything we're talking about in this series next six weeks. I think this series has the potential to rock your world and my world and to change us. Seriously. But you're not going to do one thing, I'm not going to do one thing, if you don't change the way you think. If I, don't, if I don't let the Holy Spirit change my mind, and if I don't change my thinking, then I'll listen, I'll nod, I'll say amen, I'll, 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 give, I'll give acknowledgement to it, but I won't change. Remember what I asked at the start of the service? When you get to December 31st, 2019, how will you know your life mattered? And 
are you planning on being a different person? Am I planning on being a different person? So our focus these weeks will be on dressing ourselves in love. And here's how. When we love like Jesus, and this is both the outline in the book, the outline in our discipleship groups, and the outline that you're going to, if you want to know what you're going to hear the next six weeks in sermons, this is it. When we love like Jesus, number one, we will become more mindful. Here's a question. What do you see when you see people? When you see others, what do you see? Do you see them? Period. Secondly, we will become more approachable. Do people, especially those who are least like you and least, the least in the world, do those people sense the welcome of Jesus from you? Does the world sense the welcome of Jesus from you? Thirdly, will we become, we, when we love like Jesus, we will become more grace-filled. And so here's a question. This is a big one for Jeff DeFrancia. Do you give others the wide berth of grace that Jesus has given you? and that you want others to give you? Do you give him a wide berth of grace? Fourthly, we will become more bold in loving others. So what fears prevent you from loving deeply, especially those who have wronged you, those who, you, who might be viewed as enemies, those who you're at odds with? And then lastly, when we love like Jesus, we become more self-giving. And the question is, is your love sacrificial? Let that question just hang right here. We're going to come back to that at the very end of this series, but I want to just talk about this for a moment. Is your love sacrificial? When I read these words from Jamie Clark Souls, they just like cold stone gripped my heart. She said, as God's beloved children, we do not just love God, praise God, thank God. We also aim to imitate God. Minding and then closing the gap between God's behavior and our own. To imitate God, only one thing is needful. Love that sacrifices for the good of others. If there was some way that you and I could grab that today and fully get it, we could close the church the next six weeks and I wouldn't have to preach all these sermons. Because that's the bottom line. Love that sacrifices for the good of others. And you see, this is now, this is it. This is it. This is where the beauty is. This is how we really become beautiful people. Wouldn't you agree with me that we need more beautiful people, more beautiful men and women and teens and children in this world? See, this is the key to all of that. Ephesians 5, 2, in the Passion Translation says, and continue to walk surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ. For he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us. His great love for us was pleasing to God, like an aroma of adoration, a sweet healing fragrance. So if I love like Jesus, then my life becomes an aroma of adoration to him and a sweet healing fragrance to the world. That brings us back to the noun within us. 
the very love of God. Because we all make a mistake if we run out of here and say, what do I need to do to love more if we don't get this? Again, words that just stone cold seize me from Brian Peterson. We imitate by grace, not as those who are goaded and threatened into stepping in only the right places, but as those who are loved into walking this path. Not those who have to get it right, but those who just want to walk this path. Because we walk this path because we are loved into this path. This is how loving like Jesus begins and is sustained. We live as people who really know, who believe they are loved by God. Isn't that what we just heard? The same love that set the captives free, the same love that opened eyes to see is calling us all by name. You are calling us all by name. The same God that spread the heavens wide, the same God that was crucified is calling us all by name. You are calling us all by name. We are loved, loved into this way. We're loved into this path. And so we hear the words from 1 John 4 and they resonate deep within us. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. That's real love. And today, as we gather around this table, this is what this table does. This table invites us, it displays for us, it implores us to remember how deeply loved we are. It is what we are really remembering today. We are remembering how deeply loved we are in the sweet and beautiful sacrificial love of Jesus. This table is calling us to live as those who are loved into following the way of Jesus. So I'm going to invite Pastor Serena to come. I'm going to invite you to stand with me this morning, please. And in a moment, I'm going to invite you to come to this table. Come to this table here, now. See love. Be loved. And by faith today, my friends, by faith today, find love in Jesus Christ. As we come to the table of the Lord today, it's important for us to remember that we're to love like that, like Him. But my friends, it's oh so important to remember that we are loved by Him. And we're to live out of that before the world. Let us, let us love like Jesus.
because we've been loved by Jesus. So I invite you to come to the table. Be loved. See love. And by faith today, find love in Jesus Christ. Let us come to the table of the Lord. I invite you to come. We have two stations this morning. If you come from the left side and then come to a station and receive the elements, we'll then participate in communion together. My friends, today I pray that you go. I pray that you know you're loved by God himself. And I pray that you won't go out of this place trying to figure out how to get it right, but I pray that we all would go and we would be loved into following this way of Jesus. And so, may we depart as living epiphanies, revelations of the love of Jesus in our world. May we go and love like that. In Jesus' name, amen. As you're leaving, our usher is going to hand you a little sheet to remember some lessons from today. I bless you. It's great to see you today. You're dismissed. Greet one another in Jesus' name. Also, you can grab one of the cards that describes what's happening with this series.